Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. This episode, episode 11, is called, What to Do When You're World Weary. I'm not all that horribly tired this morning, although I did stay up a little late last night, trying to honestly get over being a little bit world weary. I'll tell you some more about that in just uh, a little while. I told you early on when we began this podcast that I would tell you a little bit about me along as we make our way on this journey. One of the things that I mentioned that I absolutely am proudest of being is the grandfather of seven sweet little grandkids, some that are getting on a little bit uh, beyond little now, growing up at an amazing rate. But boy, we've had a good time. And I got to spend a little time this last weekend at the birthday party for a sweet little five-year-old. I got to play with her, along with a bunch of other sweet little kids, in a bouncy house, one of those blow-up bouncy houses. This one had a little bit of a water slide on one side of it. And I guess I noticed somewhere in the midst of all of this that I was the only grandparent, the only adult in the middle of the thing for most of that time. I don't care. It was a lot of fun, and we had a great time. And I just was moderately sore as I stood in the pulpit preaching the next day. I was sleepy, and I was tired, but it was a good tired. We had a great time. Wow, if you're ever world-weary, and we all are at times, I'm getting ahead of myself a bit here, but if you're ever just tired, yeah, physically, but just emotionally drained, Spend some time with some sweet grandkids. What a blessing. They'll give you some great energy, even though you may be more physically tired when it's all done. You sure will feel better. I don't know what your week has been like. I don't know what your normal week is like. I know that in this world, we all deal, as Jesus said, with trouble. Some versions say tribulation. In this world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. But he goes on to say, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I know sometimes it doesn't look all that overcome. But hey, the story's not over yet. Jesus met and dealt with the worst that this world had to offer, and he defeated it. He went to the cross. He died for us. He was raised. And because of that resurrection, we live with resurrection hope. What a blessing. So yes, all that to say, sometimes in this world we deal with trouble, and there are weeks when the troubles seem worse than others, but sometimes in this world we just go through life and, you know, things just kind of stack up. The car breaks down, the college tuition bill is due, here come some medical bills, and, well, you knew some of these bills were coming, but wow, how did they get that big? You're not sick, you just feel a little tired, really. Work is okay, but maybe this week, oh, it just seems more frustrating for some reason than usual. You enjoy it most of the time, but this week, somebody just said something, or this comment, or that comment, or this situation, or this report due, or whatever. It's just kind of stacking up on you. If you really needed a reason to be kind of tired, almost pervasively 
tired, just a little bit off balance and feeling a little bit stressed and not knowing how to feel. And when you don't know how to feel, basically you feel bad. Maybe not terrible, but just more stressed than usual. And wow, if we ever needed anything to promote those sorts of feelings, here comes the COVID-19 pandemic. I guess for most of us, the last time that things felt really all that normal was around mid-March or so. I know in our church, the last, quote, normal sort of service we had was about mid-March. And then all of a sudden, it seemed that everything changed. Suddenly, I turned into a televangelist, and we began sending out services on video, and we're still doing that, even though we're meeting again. Those of us that feel like it's the right time for us and that we can do that and should do that now and are able to do that, it's becoming a little bit more normal, but it is kind of a new normal. I normally didn't have to turn on Facebook Live or whatever and then save the service and send it out on YouTube later and all of those kinds of things, and it's not that hard. It really isn't, and it's a blessing in some ways, but it's just different, and change is the definition of stress. We're going to get through this, I know, but how much of our life is normal right now? Part of the problem is, part of the difficulty is, and the thing that keeps us unsettled is that so much of it feels normal. We can actually go for some fairly long stretches, especially at home, and things feel pretty normal. And then you get ready to go outside, to step outside your door, to go into the wider world, and you see that stupid mask sitting there on the table next to the door, and you remember you better grab it. You've already got three in the truck, you know, but you better grab that mask. You might need it. You go to the store, and you can't remember to look down and follow the arrow on the floor, and so you're afraid, you know, you're going to get nabbed for going against the grain in a one-way street in the middle of your grocery store right there by the jelly aisle. They're not going to do that, but still, it just kind of feels weird. And then you do get to go to church, and wow, it might be nice to have a little normalcy, but you walk in the door and it's not normal. Most of us church folks have never had too much trouble providing empty pews. We have plenty of those. But now they're strategically placed, and some people are wearing masks and some aren't, and you're reaching your hand out, and then you realize, no, I'm not supposed to do that. And then Joe Smith reaches his hand out, and you don't know if you should just fist bump, which you probably do, or just kind of wave, or if you should shake it and then hit the hand sanitizer. You don't know what to do. We're huggers at our place, and hugging is a little bit sketchy right now, and so you don't know how you need to handle that exactly. You're not supposed to, and yet. So you just don't know. Things that were simple are not simple. Now, I'm also a videographer as I get the service started. Got to remember to punch Facebook live at the end of the service. I've got to remember to turn it off or it just runs for six minutes as it did one recent Sunday. I trust our people. Nobody said anything bad. It's a good thing. We were live for six minutes after the service was over and people were, were milling around. That's not normal. Normal to talk, not normal to have a recording device right there sending you out to the world. Well, that's COVID-19. And that's some of the best part of COVID-19. It gets worse and it gets harder. Yesterday morning, I was asked to lead the prayer at the opening of our school district for this year. We have decided to open. People that don't want to send their kids to school can still have access to the video kind of approach. 
the lessons will be sent to them and all of that, and some people have opted to do that, but most folks are coming back to school. So yesterday morning, I was asked to lead the invocation for the start of school at what they call the big meeting. I was happy to do that, no problem at all. I walk in and everything seems fairly normal, although right at the door they're taking temperature. That's not something that we've done in the past. It's a good idea. You walk in and not everybody's, not even hardly anybody, to be honest. A few folks are wearing masks, but almost all of us have them in our pocket because we don't know what we're supposed to be doing in that regard exactly. And so we go in and we have the meeting and the meeting gets started. I do the invocation and I pray a normal prayer, praying for all of the things that we usually pray for at the beginning of school. But then I realize how truly abnormal it is at the very same time. And so I prayed for God to help us in this abnormal situation to be abnormally loving and abnormally merciful and abnormally patient, better than normal, because although a lot feels normal, we know an awful lot is not. And we know, if we're honest, that this is really kind of an experiment this year. Well, we're in the same boat with everybody else on that, but one thing it is not is a normal year. And it's just different enough that it's stressful. And like so much in this situation, it just seems that the ground under our feet is shifting a bit. we got a map, we think, but we're not absolutely sure we can trust it right now. We've never been here before, just exactly. And so there's some stress and there's some unease. Well, then I went home and by that time, my tooth was pounding. I have begun a root canal. I thought that you went in and got a root canal and got done with it and were finished and glad it was in the rearview mirror. I've now discovered, and my dentist, who is also my friend, is absolutely right. He said, we're going to do part of this and then we'll finish up. Well, I was supposed to go in this morning, but before this morning got here, I was experiencing quite a little bit of throbbing and pain. And so I called yesterday morning after the invocation was done at the school and said, hey, is there any way that I could get in a little early? Because I'm ready to have somebody stick a needle in my jaw and deaden this thing and then see if we can't make a little more progress. They were extremely nice. They got me right on in and he did a great job in the next step of this thing. And now we're going to have another step. And I'm sure he's right about that. But it feels a lot better today even though my jaw was dead for the rest of the afternoon and into the evening, he used long-acting anesthetic. I was really glad that he did. And so that was yesterday, but it wasn't over. I had to figure out what to do, as I normally do on Mondays, about my Focus on Faith newspaper column and blog. Got that done, decided it was time for an oldie but goodie, because with jaw pain and a tooth pounding, you're just not much able to write very coherently, which I find a challenge anyway. And so I got that out there to the places it needed to go. And then I began to work on some music stuff and some other things and communicated with a member or two. One or two of the things were good. One or two of the things were difficult. And I'm concerned about some health situations coming up and that kind of thing. All of that yesterday. And then by the time the evening rolled around, I was just tired. Now, I don't have root canals every day. I don't go give the invocation at schools that are facing pandemics every day. I don't do that kind of thing every day. 
But you know, some things along that line happen in our lives pretty much all the time in one way or another. And I know we have times when we get toward the end of the day and we're just tired. And so I went outside and I sat down last evening for a while when it cooled off. I sat down and, well, I'll admit there may have been a little cigar smoke curling up in the area. The cat, who is not our cat, walked up and began to communicate with me just a little bit. The cat has been named Bella, by the way, by my oldest granddaughter, my 13-year-old, Brylan. She's not really our cat. She lives next door, I think, or a door or two down, and she shows up because she likes to eat mice. That's another story. I think she likes us, but she really likes the fact that I have an aviary, a a birdhouse out in the backyard, a rustic kind of thing that has some doves and a pheasant and some birds. Well, if you have birds, you put feed out there, and if you put bird seed out there, you're probably going to have some mice occasionally. And so Bella and I have gotten into the habit of going out there. I'll take the garden hose and I'll shove it into one of those mouse holes, and Bella will hunt mice. She's getting a good deal better at it. I've never been a real cat fan. I'm a dog person, much more than a cat person. I like animals to come to me when I call them or to somehow acknowledge my existence at times other than when they want something. But I like Bella. I've grown attached to her and we like mousing. So I did that last night with her for just a little while to reduce a little bit of stress I sat down and I was going to read a little while outside for a few minutes under the tree. Instead, I had my iPad with me and I started looking at some YouTube music. Really kind of enjoy that. So I spent a little downtime trying to de-stress just a bit. And I really enjoyed that. That is part of what I'm going to lead up to in just a moment. What do you do when you're world weary? Well, it's time here for a little bit of an ad, and a little bit of an ad is all that I'll really give you today. My first album is available, all of my albums and music and and books are available at my website, www.curtisshelburn.com. I'd love for you to go over there and take a look at it. The first album is called A Place of Grace, and it's got some what I would just call light contemporary Christian music. Some of it is not all that hugely contemporary. It's got that beautiful song, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. You know, I've discovered over the years that a lot of people really enjoy songs that take an old song, medleys that take an old song, and then just tweak it a little bit. And so, Amazing Grace, the song that we know and love, with My Chains Are Gone, added in. And I love that. Most people do. There's a beautiful duet on that album that I did with my daughter-in-law, Amy. It's called Written in Red. I love that song, and I love singing it with Amy. There's a ballad on that CD, The Touch of the Master's Hand. There is a song called Wonderful, Merciful Savior. I don't know if you know that one. It's beautiful. There is a song called Where Joy and Sorrow Meet. There is an acapella song called The King of Love My Shepherd Is that is based on Psalm 23, and I think you'll really enjoy that one. Well, there are all sorts of good things there, some other music, some books, and whatever. This podcast and the episodes that have come before it are all available there. I'd love for you to go over and just visit a bit at www.curtisshelburn.com. And now, let's focus on faith. 
world-weary. I need a word, and perhaps the hyphen-spliced alliterative combination word above is not too far wide of the mark. Webster's Online says the word has to do with feeling or showing fatigue from or boredom with the life of the world and especially material pleasures. I'm not sure that last half suits my need particularly, though I'm sure it fits the word. It brings to my mind a tired old James Bond sort of guy whose Aston Martin has rusted out, whose spy-chasing, women-collecting, martini-swilling days are pretty much over, and, even if they weren't, He's been there, done that. Even old Solomon, or whoever wrote Ecclesiastes, who'd drunk all the wine, had all the women, and sung all the songs this world has to offer, ended up tired and done in, labeling this world's glitter as weariness. World-weary fits the ancient wise man and my arthritic old spy guy like a glove. It's also probably why they never let Bond get all that terribly old. But I'm not needing so much to lease the world-weary word for its bored or jaded or blasé component. I need the first part that connotes the fatigue, weariness, soul-sucking sadness that focusing on this world brings on. Turn to the 24-hour news. Better yet, don't. We don't need that much news. The media supposedly values neutral both an impossibility and a lie. A report that I read recently said that 86% of the American people realize it's a lie, that the media is not neutral. Well, they're yet again ratings baiting and joining Hollywood and shoving their values down our throats with a depth of self-righteousness that you won't find in the most fundamental religion when it becomes mean and twisted. They've got a religion of their own. This sensation, that sensation, this protest or riot, this celebrity meltdown, more of the same, over and over and over. And of course, lately we've had more than enough social unrest and political unrest, and we've got an election coming up. Aren't you looking forward to that? All of the stuff around us that's just crowding in and bringing on even more unease It's not always at full blast the loudest volume it could be. It could be worse. But it's just there. It's just there. It's the barking dog. It's the stuff that just continually brings on stress. All around us, the world seems to crowd in. And because of too much time spent in this world, or at least focusing on this world, we become soul sick and tired and world weary. What to do? Well, I bet you've come up with some pretty effective strategies of your own, but let me list a few more for you that might be worth trying. Pray the prayer of the early Christians. Lord Jesus, come quickly. Pray not in desperation or depression, but in hope, knowing that one day genuine healing is coming. The victory is already his, The snake still writhes dangerously, but the serpent's head was cut off at the cross. You may not know what's going to happen in the next chapter of this world's story or our nation's story or your city's story or your own story, but you know the end of the story. Don't forget that. Soak up God's promises and His Word. 
Walk with Christ in the Gospels and be healed as He heals others. Watch how He relates to them and know that the same love that He showed them is always there for you. Get an infusion of hope as the writers point to a time when God's glory will again be revealed in the new heavens and earth. Can you imagine what a place would be like with no resentment and no confusion, no disarray, no stress, no disappointment, no anger, no malice, no trouble, just joy, no tears, unless they are absolutely tears of joy. The scriptures tell us that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and I think it's really good for us to spend more, not less time, thinking about the joys that God has for us that are coming one day, and also to be reminded of the glimmers of joy that we have right now, even in the midst of some difficult times. We think more about those joys, the little grandkids, the little hugs, the wonderful and warming relationships that we have with people around us, the ones that are good and right and holy and helpful and just beautiful. We think about those things. We watch a beautiful sunset. We sit outside and just breathe a while. We enjoy those kinds of blessings, and that leads to thanksgiving, and that leads to more joy, and that really helps us deal with that world weariness. Suddenly, we find that the joy of the Lord really is our strength. Here's another suggestion. Go to the Psalms. You can always find yourself there, in joy, in pain, in trouble, in hope, in perplexity, and yes, in the midst of world weariness, as you and the psalmist crave the help that comes only from beyond this world. Now, here's a very practical suggestion that, at least for the English major under my hat, I find to be very good medicine. And that is, when this world gets to be tiring, well, leave it occasionally. Turn off the news. I like to read myself into Middle Earth or Narnia or some other word world, where in the face of long odds, evil is vanquished by truth and beauty and joy. For me, those places are precious gems of beauty that God gives us wherever they're found. They're His, and are no less real for having been infused into word worlds, which point beyond themselves to joy's source. Just remember, when you're world-weary, God's good news and reality are far more real and deep and long-lasting than anything you'll see on the news. His joy is the antidote to world weariness. Thanks again for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell your friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.